Hey, I'm Dr. Kate Wong. And I'm Tiara Mitchell. And, and you are listening to, to the Holistic Hope Podcast. We invite you to join us and our village in conversations rooted in wellness and health so that we may grow a community of generational healing through love. So welcome back to our season three episodes in regards to our new uh, pause from 2020 I think it was it from 2020 I can't remember exactly when it was yeah our last ones were in 2020 for sure yeah (laughs) so since upcoming up or coming up it's the spring equinox it's like the official spring sprung new year version we thought we just kind of started out with uh, the concept of what Tierra was talking about as we were behind the scenes early if you want to go over the different kinds of moons with us Tierra Oh, yes. Okay, so let me give my little disclaimer first. I am in no way an expert. With me, I would always fact check. Um, <laughs> so, but I think we're pretty, we were pretty close on these. So, but if I make a mistake, let us know in the comments so we can, you know, talk about it. We want to have correct information. However, how I've come to understand the moons, what's coming up is the waxing moon. Yeah, Kate? The waxing crescent. crescent. The waxing crescent. So... When you have your moon cycles, we're either we're waxing or wanting, and it's pretty much working its way towards a full moon or a new moon, and that's when it like the moon's in the sky, but you don't really see it there. And when you're waxing, you're building up energy um, to fill yourself up to help you get to the next moon cycle, where then you'll start to release things that no longer serve you. Um, that you just kind of need to like let go in order to make it to the next moon cycle because that's how our bodies work that's how the earth work and that's just, just everything's a cycle so with us working to this next working in the waxing moon kate and i wanted to talk about <laughs> of where we talked about um in regards to uh, one of my mentors analogies or whiteboard analogies in, in regards to I mean, because we're heading towards the the uh, the full moon, I believe, because the new moon's just passed. <clears throat> so the full moon's coming up, and so a lot yeah, of times, waxing. yeah. So a lot of times when we're going towards more light, going towards more things to be visible, activating the energy, increasing kind of energy, kind of going to get out the parts that maybe draining us, dragging us down, certain things like that. So a really great analogy that we talked about is the the analogy of vomiting. The purpose of vomiting. <laughs> so <laughs> great to start out the good purge for uh, the spring equinox. And so in regards to vomiting, right? Um, what exactly is it? Like what exactly is, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? So we kind of talked about that, right, Tiara? Yes. Sorry, I was making sure. Yeah. Yes, we talked about that. And what I really liked when you brought it up was how you mentioned it was more of a function Mm -hmm. because I do think that when, you know, no one likes to vomit. I personally really don't like to vomit. I hate it. (laughs) Yeah. It it just feels horrible, you know? And um, even in regards to morning sickness for my first, it wasn't that bad. I maybe was sick for like 10 weeks. But for my second, it was to my 22nd week. And like, I lost so much weight in the beginning. My doctor was like, um, 
we may have to start feeding you through two because you're losing too much weight, Tierra. But I was trying, like I was making all the time. Like I am the photographer when my clients are like, I'm struggling with morning sickness. I'm like, I know popsicle recipes. I know tea recipes. I know all of it because I had to do it. <laughs> and like I tuck peppermint under your tongue. You know, I bring mint and stuff because that, those were the things that got me through. Mm-hmm. Ginger. And, but I always think back to why I was throwing up like that. And morning sickness is still one of those things where, you know, there's not too much information to why it happens. Yeah. There's a running research right now, especially in the fertility world. Like, why does it happen? Is it supposed to happen? Is it normal? So there are a few theories out there um, in regards to um, why that is. So one of the theories is um, the amount of choline that you may be missing in your diet um, sufficient insufficiency wise. So Mm -hmm. a lot of times when, you know, when, you know, people are, are recommended to eat eggs or, um, take a choline supplement or, um, just insufficiency of vitamins in general, that's also one of the theories. Another theory is, um, when the male sperm is not as healthy of a quality as well, that, uh, also presents as morning Mm -hmm. sickness for women as well. So that's why, um, it's so important to make sure, not only a female is taken care of in regards to like pregnancy fertility, right? But also the male sperm quality is so important mm-hmm. to make sure they're being taken care of because a lot of, at least this generation, maybe our generation in general, um, maybe not to like, you know, say bad, bad men <laughs> like that. But a lot of times we hear, you know, men are supposed to eat meat and this is what they do and like all these different masculine things a lot of times vegetables aren't a big um portion unless you're vegan and vegetarian for those males um to where you know they have plentiful right because that's where the vitamins come from and every 90 days the sperm turns over versus every 120 days the egg turns over so actually the males when they make the sperm there's so much sperm in there right that they had it actually make um it's within the 90 days versus the 120 days so they actually make it turnover faster so it's so important for them to be supplied with the sufficiencies of vitamins nutrients and not only that but sleep um water intake all these different good things for them hmm. at the beginning of the conversation was you know like trying to understand the function of why i was vomiting for because i know the example you and i used was um bad food you know like when you get food poisoning mm-hmm. yeah that's another reason as well but to think of oh well, I got a story about that but we're not going to go there <laughs> uh, <laughs> but to think of morning sickness and you know also considering the sperm it was just interesting because I've been having a conversation with males lately around them being left out of family planning conversations like they're pretty much just used as, well, we need his sperm. So we're going to include him, okay. you know, for this part, because we need that sperm. But after that, we're just going to focus on the mom, and the baby. You know, there's not much conversation about even what it's like for the father to be able to connect with the baby during, you know, pregnancy, 
because mom has that instant connection, not instant, but you know, she has the baby inside. And so by the time baby comes, there's more connection. And, um, but then like for dad, there's that saying that moms become parents as soon as they find out they're pregnant, but dads don't until the baby arrives because then like mom has a nine month advantage on dad and connecting with the baby. And then, you know, the whole, she, it grew inside her womb thing, you know? But guys are the protectors, right? So they're the protection, making sure that mom's okay. A lot of times, like, that's part is kind of missing to where they're they're kind of bonding. Yes, the, even though the mom is bonding with the baby because they're literally inside of her, but the the male is there to, I mean, traditionally, right? As a protector, as a person who supports the mom because the mom's growing the baby and doing what she needs to do for that baby. But then- and I, yes, but I guess the conversations we've been having and like just in terms of having a healthy dad so that there's healthy pregnancy, you know, and beyond. Um, what if dad needs support in order to support mom? Mm-hmm. You know, like what if dad has some things he needs? I, I just, I don't feel dads get the same attention as mom gets when it comes to being healthy for pregnancy and given the tools and resources to even understand what that looks like. And like how you just brought up, they are traditionally the protectors. That's usually ingrained in a man, a a guy, you know, when he's growing up is, you know, even, especially if he has like sisters, you got to protect your sisters. You got to look out for your mom. You're the man of the house, that kind of stuff. So it's like really ingrained in them to be protective, but when they don't have the, tools to take care of themselves or even recognize you know I need a little bit of support in playing the protective role right now because my health is a little low we don't have a lot of conversations around that Mm -hmm. I think that's more of the I mean I hate to like kind of categorize this but it's more or less less a downfall of uh, very individualized um, homes and families as of right now mm. before we lived in like you know villages or with a bunch of family members all together so they kind of imitate um or model uh the ones before them because that's what's going to continue the generation and so when we don't have that m- consistent model consistent um you know people to kind of lean on a lot of times it feels like we're all like by ourselves so we need to kind of fend for ourselves all those that we're like in a cave all by ourselves with a little immediate family right because that's how houses are kind of set up as well (laughs) you just made me think of the crudes (laughs) i know that's what i was thinking too as well (laughs) right they're literally fending for themselves and whoever is coming that towards their way that's not their family they just want to push them out kick them out because they don't know who they are Versus when you have a society where everyone knows each other, community-wise, they, if they barter, do a bartering system, or if they um, just mm. know each other as a neighbor or as a friend mm-hmm. you hang out with, and then it's more of, you know, generations of people of those family on your street or whatever it is. That is almost as a community itself to where you can depend on each other, where you are, are answers and issues when it comes up because like, this is what I did for um, so-and-so. Because that's a generational knowledge, right? That's why, I mean, acupuncture, Ayurveda, all these different things are so are 
and also you know African medicine as well, right? How these things are passed down to generations because they work, because they live for the environment, because you have that knowledge from so many years ago and eons even right ago that it's helped. And then if you don't know the answer, that's why you ask your elders. That's why it's so important to have those elders <laughs> to rely on and understand and and kind of guide um, depending on the situation. But our society right now doesn't really, I think people are going a little bit more towards that now, the idea of trying to get back to that, but we're still a little bit away to go. I think that's interesting that you just bring that up because then that, for me, that's one of the things that I like to do to actually fill and release mm. is think of my ancestors or even just my, you know, my family, the generations through my current living family, you know, and um, it's brought me into a really cool practice of praying, meditating and journaling even exercise is becoming more into that too, which is cool. And I have learned that, okay, so even with yoga, you know, yoga is so interesting to me because I grew up being taught that it was something I should not participate in because it was the work of some evil religion, right? Which is not, right? <laughs> we know it's not. <laughs> But that's what I was taught growing up. So I have this like low-key fear of yoga going into it, right? Because I was taught that bad things would happen. And crazily enough, it's been one of the most healing parts of my journey from when yoga was just something I was dabbling in because I've always been really flexible, just naturally. So the flexibility part seemed cool to me to attempt the poses. Mm -hmm. But then when after I had my first daughter, I couldn't move. Like I was used to doing really intense workouts, like always conditioning, weightlifting, running, like training for marathons and Tough mutters, right? But after I had my daughter, I couldn't do any of that. And yoga was the thing that helped me get my strength back, but still feel like I was active. And so in the yoga practice, and then adding Reiki and how that's led to more meditation. And I kind of journal just because my mind is all over the place. There are ways in which I do each of those activities to either fill myself up or release things. Yeah, that awareness is so key, right? Because a lot of times when uh, we're shifting throughout the week, shifting throughout the month, certain times is a good time to fill certain times a good time to release so kind of going back to the vomit analogy right is that a sign of you're sick or is it that you're well because i personally and professionally also <laughs> believe that you know body your, your body is really smart very smart to where it knows what's good for it and what's not good for it unless we're dampening it down with certain like medications or other things, or even in our personal thoughts as well, mm -hmm. dampen down our awareness. And so when we're not aware, when we're trying to shove things, you know, back down or um, ignoring it or certain things like that, that's kind of um, kind of shifts or dampens down the signal. And so coughing, sneezing, diarrhea, all those different things 
uh, I think it's a, a sign of health because a lot when you are, for example, going to a nice dinner and go home and then you end up not feeling well and then you end up throwing up, right? So that may be situations where you're not eating. Uh, you may eat something that was, you know, that wasn't really sitting well with you in your body and your body is thinking, no, this is a bad, bad stuff. Some bacteria in here. Let's throw this out so it doesn't cause you more issues. And so in a sense, it's, I, I view it as a sign of health because your body is like, okay, I recognize this as bad. So let's get it out as soon as possible. For example, like coughing is also a cough, is a reflex. Coughing is a reflex, right? Phlegm mm-hmm. out, mm-hmm. stuff that's stuck in your throat, your chest, whatever it is to get it out in, out of you. So you don't have that, um, you know, he- being a hectic havoc into your body. I like that you talk about it that way because, you know, <laughs> I've always thought that, not always, think more recently, hanging out with you. I realized that my body does things to protect me. But before that, you know, I would think of if I was coughing, sneezing, oh my gosh, I'm sick. What am I going to do? How am I going to stop it? <laughs> you know, how am I going to stop my body from doing this thing it's doing to protect itself, mm-hmm. which could be how I end up feeling worse afterwards. And, um, but it does make me think of that feeling worse afterwards part, because if it, I feel from how you're describing it, if it were that I'm healthy and I'm simply provide, you know, performing a bodily function to protect myself, then it should be like, I vomit, you know, I get it all out of my system and it may feel horrible for like a couple of hours and just get it out, get it out, get it out. But then it stops and I'm able to drink some water and I'm able to get some electrolytes in my system. And then I can nibble on something and I'm feeling normal, you know, about four or five hours later versus I throw up and for a couple of days, I'm just out of it in bed because my body can't recuperate from having to get that bad food out of my system. Mm-hmm. Like, so do you think there is a difference in the two? So it depends on how, if you vomited all, all of it out. And a lot of times, I mean, some of the times too, where if it's, you know, more than your body can handle. So for example, for coughing wise, right? And so what is the significance of coughing? So like I said, it's a reflex. So your body almost like a, a week before or so, before you experience symptoms like sneezing and sniffling, all these different things, a week before that virus, that bacteria already got into you. And so your body's first response is, okay, let's recognize it first from the outer part of the cell. And then what it recognizes saying is either foreign or it's either good for everybody. If it's foreign, it's trying to get rid of it. So it's going to get all the white blood cells, all the different things to try to gobble it up to get away. When that's not working, it's going to increase the temperature of the environment, have more activity. So when you increase, increase temperature, you have more activity in your body to kind of cook it out in a sense. And then when it's cooked out and um, things are, you know, the dead cells and debris, it almost collects into your your your, um, your uh, airways in your um, different parts to where it's trying to clump it up. And when it clumps it up, it either goes out your butt, <laughs> your, your butthole, or it goes out the other way, right? Or your skin, wherever it comes out of. 
Mm. And then about a week later from the first first time that you had that uh, virus bacteria, whatever it came in, it's going to try to cough it out if you didn't burn it off, if you didn't poop it out, if you all these different things. That's why a lot of um, some people are asking, you know, let's do a stool test. Let's do uh, whatever, right? Because <laughs> it comes out into your stools as well. The bacteria, the virus, all these different things. And so if it doesn't come out that way, it doesn't come out from your skin where you see things like, you know, redness, blisters or whatever it is, uh, dryness as well. It'll come out um, of your, your throat, your mouth, your, your nose. That's, what, that's the other way out. And so that's why you have coughing, you have certain things um, that may not feel so good. It feels icky because it's, you know, stuck in there. So you can't breathe as well. So you don't feel good. So you, it takes time for it to literally get it all out but by the time it gets it all out then you're good but the thing is um when you get sick too long your body is taking too long of a time to get that thing out so it kind of drags yeah. on and then when you take medications in between that to dampen down that the fever to dampen down the the, the mucus to dampen down all these different things that your body is normally trying to help you get things out it's gonna take even longer so when people get ear, um, ear, ear infections, um, they're sneezing, they're coughing, they're taking medications for it, that dampens down their immune system to where they're not able to have their body do what it needs to do. And so the last thing, you know, for in, in the chiropractic world or in any holistic um, practitioner's world is to make sure that you, those symptoms are done nor at a normal pace then when it gets dragged yeah. on too long, the body almost doesn't know what to do. So it's trying to still get it out, but it can't, doesn't have this, the nutrients and supplies, especially when people are insufficient in their, um, their, their um, constitu- constitu- constitution, in a sense. Um, they don't have enough supplies, all these different things to get that thing out. So that's one of those, those reasons. A lot more, but very simply explain that part. <laughs> I'm processing because I feel like that was a lot, but that was good information. <laughs> like, I'm like, how do I shorten this a little <laughs> bit more? I could, I could make a one liner next time. I'll do a one liner, <laughs> but I want to make sure that no, the audience understands. Like, this is the the process. What happens when things come in? That's bad juju. Bad. <laughs> but so, and I, I do think that's all important to know because you're right, especially like me being a mom. You know, if my kid starts to have a runny nose or I see a fever, well, I will say recently my mom has, my mom's really good at, did I ever tell you the story when she threw out all the white bread at home No. and I freaked out? I was 11 and she, she had been researching. I don't know how, because the internet wasn't that popular then, but she had just been reading books and things. She's always been a bookworm and um, found out that processed sugars are bad for you. So she came home one day and Kate, when I tell you, she threw out all the spaghetti, all the white bread, like all the fruit snacks, all the stuff I loved, she's just gone. And we had to start eating wheat bread. And I was like, what is this disgusting stuff? You know, (laughs) and, but she was very aware. So I'm grateful for it now because it helps me to be more aware now. And so recently she has been telling me, you know, hey, if the girls have a bit of a runny nose or fever, just just let it play out for a little bit. See how it goes. Mm -hmm. 
you know, don't rush to medicate them. If they're really uncomfortable, then yeah, give them some Tylenol, but um, run them a cool bath kind of thing. But she has been trying to teach me more. I, I like to call them more gentle ways to help reduce their fevers, more natural ways, you know, help so that where it needs a little bit more help when it needs right so their body can move along but trying to keep baby comfortable yeah because it's uncomfortable to be yeah all in your throat and everything like that it's like it's uncomfortable it's true and so no mom wants their baby to be very uncomfortable (laughs) right so then I was wondering if because and then if we're sticking to you know if if we're talking about knowing when to release energy knowing when to allow inner you know energy to build up then also knowing when to latch let your body play out the symptoms what are remedies to help be as comfortable as possible especially if we're talking about children but even for adults because nobody likes to sit in that sitting in discomfort is always uncomfortable you know so um so that part is a little difficult because uh, the thing is, it is uncomfortable to have a lot of phlegm in your throat. It is uncomfortable to cough. It is uncomfortable to sneeze all the time and have allergies all stuck in there, right? right. thing is <laughs> about that, our immune system are meant and are born to go through things. That's why when, uh, when the, your baby's first time being sick is almost like a congratulations because that means your baby's immune system is starting to work by itself. And that's the first time it will be challenged. And so it's testing the challenge of their how it works. So if they get better fast, that means their immune system is really good. They know how to bounce back pretty quick because there's some people right now, even adults, they get the sniffles, they get a horrible feeling for 24 hours, and then they're good after that. That means their immune system knows what to do. And the thing, that's why when kids are sick for too long, that means their immune system has a tr- trouble time to get that thing through. And so that's why it's so important to find, you know, your practitioners, either homeopathic, chiropractic, um, uh, functional medicine, whoever it is to see what is the cause to that that's making it harder for your baby, for yourself to get through that, that sick sickness in a sense or that health challenge. Now, if we don't get sick at all, if we sterilize everything, if we clean everything, every single thing, you know, like in a bubble that you've seen probably in the very, you know, depending on which generation you're at, if you've seen the bubble boy or whatever it is, that (laughs) is almost in a sense that you're not letting the person be challenged to whatever is coming their way for the environment because things change, germs change, viruses change, um, things in your environment always change. And the person who uh, can get through that challenge is better after it. That's why when herd immunity is talked about, of how when people get, get through chicken pox, when they get through certain things like measles by themselves on their own, own immune system without you know certain kind of shots, certain things, when that is done, they are so much stronger for whatever comes their way next. And so when we dampen it down for whatever reason, we take that opportunity away from the body to get that challenge to, because nature doesn't do things half, half, half-heartedly 
or say, oh, let's just, you know, see what happens kind of thing. It's, it's done for a reason. If you want to think bacteria are there for a reason, that's why what, at least 50 or percent or more of our body is literally made up of that bacteria. So if bacteria is supposed to be a bad thing, then why are we made up of that? material (laughs) right and so that's when the homeostasis the balance of either you know you're able to to take on the challenge and you're not able to take on the challenge is relying on that balance and so uh (laughs) talking about you know how to get help them for that so things like like i said the ones homeopathic certain things can help chiropractic can help or also you know steamers misters um humidifiers or certain things we've been using you know you utilize their body function more just making sure they have the supplies and nutrients like vitamin c all these different things yeah that's part of how we are in a sense supposed to live because our environment as is intended are there for a reason it's not there for no reason it's when it's man-made it's kind of there for no reason (laughs) so that's a little bit of a tricky part (laughs) part there now you bring up really good points like i love how um this this really it does make you think of balance because there is a balance to everything and i think this also goes back to one of our first episodes talking about fear and being afraid of things our body you know, being conditioned to be afraid of things our body is meant to do to protect us. Mm-hmm. Um, concluding all of that, when we talk about certain things, um, since we're, the spring equinox is coming up, certain things where we, we need to release, like vomiting, <laughs> certain things we want to kind of activate or plan out because the energy is kind of like surging. Surging is, a, is going up, right? I forget which, which size, which. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah, no, we're definitely building. We're building, like you said, we're building towards the full moon. <laughs> So that's how I remember them. Okay. So when that's happening, uh, we want to do things uh, to kind of help that. So like I mentioned, certain things, our environment, even the moon, right, is working for us, letting us know kind of what direction to go towards. So like we mentioned, we have four different categories of moms, people in, in regards to the audience and listeners. And so first thing to kind of take away from this episode is to be aware of what's going on with your body. So as Tiara mentioned, if you're, you feel like you're a little more tired, if you feel like you're a little bit overwhelmed, right? Um, and our, I think behind the scenes when we were talking earlier <laughs> is being aware of how you are or how you feel and what's going on with your body literally right now. And then starting from there thinking, okay, what, what do I need? What do I need to take, take out? And then uh, the second part of that is when, you know, when you're talking about the processed sugar and the white bread, which is really processed sugar, is the, the myth is that sugar is bad for us. Now, sh- there's, there's different versions. Like I mentioned, man-made things are usually driven by uh, desire, driven by demand, driven by, mm. you know, money. That's mm-hmm. you want to break down. And so uh, the way it's made, certain things that were cheaper to be made are usually from the, um, the waste of other factories, other things. That's why it's cheaper. And so 
when it's cheaper, usually it's kind of spread out through <laughs> our society, and it tends to be, um, you know, the, the the cheaper versions of of foods. And so that's why organic supposedly is very expensive because they don't cut away certain things. So when we talk about cutting off sugar, what um, Tierra is mentioning is the processed sugar because there's other sugars that are, they could be sweet or non-sweet. Certain things like bitter cranberry juice, red currants, um, those have certain sugars called mannose in them. There's actually eight different glyconutrients that we need for our cells to function to for them to recognize what's a good or bad bacteria, good or bad virus cell to know exactly what to do. So when you supply yourself with these sugar molecules that are on the outside of the cell, for example, is in uh, aloe vera, green beans, tomatoes, shiitake mushrooms, mushrooms in general, actually, that can actually help your body have those signals to recognize them faster because everything is based on the cell. Everything is based on what's on the outside of the cell. That's how your body recognizes certain things. It's good, bad, foreign to the body. So if you're thinking, okay, I am gonna, you know, start my spring equinox, spring spring season, something healthy, good, after you clean out, you know, your house, whatever it is, knowing the difference between different sugars, different, you know, even uh, cleaning products as well, that's good for your health and not so draining for it as well those those are really good things and uh i think the last part we i mentioned we mentioned in our little um behind the scenes Free show <laughs> the show is uh there was someone um i heard on a different podcast actually i think he was more of like a, a plant guy <laughs> which is very interesting because he mentioned that our environment plays with literally plays right plays with us it interacts with us so well that even if you're walking on a trail in the forest when you're hiking or even around your house some things some weeds some plants mushrooms that come up is your body interacting with their environment knowing your constitution knowing what you're lacking or not lacking what to grow for you so that's why I always when I when I think of my dream ideal greenhouse, I'm thinking mm-hmm. like, I, like should I be okay with weeds? Should not be okay with weeds? But I think weeds are there for a reason, right? To create a diversity in in your soil because they're not growing for no reason, right? It's there for like how flies aren't there for no reason. Flies are there because the garbage is there. It needs, you know, scavengers or certain things to kind of <laughs> let the, the whole thing process. And so when you have certain things like that grow in your forest, like the trail that I think you mentioned, Tiara, um, the lady that was walking. With the bay leaves. Yeah. How they're collecting bay leaves. Maybe, you know, bay leaves are what she needs or he or she needs or family needs as of right now for their diet, for their, um, you know, for their nut- nutrient base. And so those are the very uh, things to take away for this episode. If you're wondering, how do I start this energy, this this springtime (laughs) aspect of life? And so those are a few takeaways. Love those. And I also want to toss in some other fun ways I feel we could add to our list Um, when you're building up energy, it's still really good to move your body 
because it generates energy, especially if you're moving around your hips, a lot of dancing, because that activates your root and sacral chakra and moves it on up to your solar plexus and to your heart. And it's just like just really good energy. Um, and we have a friend, Adriana, from Making Wave Studio. They just celebrated their one year of the studio. Did you hear? So yeah, so check them out. We should definitely link them because they do classes and Zumba is a good way to move your hips, get your energy going. And it, you know, working out also helps you to have more energy through your day. And so I think she even does some morning classes. And Itzel, Itzel talks about the breath like no other person. And this is a really good time to be intentional about your breath filling up your body and the way you allow it to flow through your body when you exhale. And so if you can ever catch itself, she usually does morning clubhouse meditations now. So if you can catch her to do some breath work with her, especially during this time, heck yes. And those are my little energy filling suggestions. So if you need uh, links and um, where to find all of these things, we'll link that in our uh, episode. And then if you need a little bit more, um, you want to talk to us, ask us uh, other topics that you'd like us to talk about, feel free to contact us through Instagram, Facebook, Clubhouse, uh, wherever you find us. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And thanks for listening. Thank you.